Hermes draw near, and to my prayer incline, in arts gymnastic, and in fraud divine. Dire weapon of the tongue which men revere, be present, Hermes, and thy suppliant here. Welcome to Third Eye Bind, Episode 1, Death. Thank you for supporting the show by subscribing, rating, and sharing. Please join us at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Hi, and welcome to Third Eye Bind. I am Laura Wong. And I'm Caitlin Grania. Let's get into it, shall we? We shall. Talking about today. This week we are talking about death. And to kick us off, let's shuffle the deck and see what the cards have to say, how they'd like to guide us. Ooh, that's it. Should I cut it? Yes. Okay, so we have the King of Wands. Ooh, reversed. Okay. We are doing reversals. The Queen of Wands reversed. What? And the Knight of Wands reversed. What? I feel like I need to shuffle these again. (laughs) Were they not, were they shuffled? I mean, I was sitting here shuffling them for a while. So these are the ones. These are the ones. I do that too, where I'm like, oh, I pulled this card and I think I don't like it. So there's not enough variety. (laughs) So I'm going to put it back. All right. So, wow. Okay. What I'm receiving from these three cards together is the call to see death, to see death not as a destination, not as a destination, but as a source, but as a source of wisdom, of wisdom and inspiration and inspiration. There is a very Western, very Western fear, fear of death, of death and all that it entails and all that it entails. There is a rejection. There is a rejection that we witness, that we witness in our desire, in our desire to stay young, to stay young without realizing, without realizing youth, youth is eternal, is eternal and internal and in embracing and in embracing death we release our fe- we release our fear mm. of that final breath of that final breath and instead welcome it and instead welcome it as an opportunity as an opportunity to start again to start again how beautiful is death how beautiful is death in the way she welcomes us all in the way she welcomes us all with arms open, heart warm, heart warm into the next chapter, into the next chapter, mm. the unknown, the unknown. You never need, you never need to travel alone, to travel alone. And I feel them pointing towards Mercury mm. and Mercury Hermes, our patron our spirit, our muse, um, is a psychopomp. And psychopomps are spirits who assist the living in transitioning from our corporal vessels to the other side. Mm. I think a huge fear around death is the solitude. 
Yeah. And feeling like you might be lost once you exit this body and enter the unfamiliar. And you might be, but you're certainly not alone. You're certainly not without guides, guides who desire to make the transition for you as inspirational, helpful, healing, healing as it needs to be. As it needs to be. I'm getting like normal. When it's not normal, normal in the way that mm-hmm. humans understand mm-hmm. normality, mm-hmm. the way waking the up in the morning of that, yes, yes, yeah. because uh, we don't know, yeah, mm-hmm. the comfort of the unknown, yeah. How do we find comfort in that? Mm-hmm. Because what is the norm of death? The death is you're afraid of death. You're you dread death. Mm-hmm. Death is ugly, death is final, death is black in color and in shape and in like a black hole of just mm-hmm. nothingness. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in how death removes fear, mm-hmm. not just the experience of yourself dying. I mean, we don't know exactly what happens until it happens Mm -hmm. i'm interested particularly in how experiencing the death of others and loved ones removes fear from your life Mm. right yeah because i lost my dog whom in my heart and mind i considered my child Mm -hmm. i mean um, (laughs) the other one's on my lap and what I've found within myself since her passing is that I'm like into really morbid shit, mm-hmm. unafraid. I'm unafraid of ghosts or shadow or like I'm I'm like I, I'm unafraid of, of that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas before, like not that I was afraid of the dark or whatever, but I think there's a natural tendency to, as a human, to fear that. But my direct encounter with her dying in front of me, and I don't know if that's me in my, and that's a part of grieving, right? Like, I don't know if in my grief state that I'm manufacturing that fearlessness as a mask for my pain. Or if it's real, sometimes I'm like, am I just being super morbid because I'm sad or because I'm unafraid? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, and does the difference between the two matter? Yeah. And, and, why, and why does that? Yeah. And does it matter? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's both. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a... Maybe it's a strategy that I've come up with to cope. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that is the lesson that I'm, you know, that I've been able to take from it. Yeah. I don't know. What, in your experiences with death, like, how has that affected you spiritually? Death, I mean, I grew up in a tradition where fearing death wasn't really a part of the equation. Right. And 
I always felt very blessed for having that reference around death, but it doesn't make it less difficult when you experience it in the moment. Um, I didn't realize you watched your baby. Yeah, she so, passed yeah. in a pretty beautiful way. And, you yeah. know, we had the vet come to the house and yeah. it was right outside that door. But just be being present for it, mm-hmm. which was very peaceful, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, devastating yeah. and, and interesting. But, yeah. When my dad passed away, my mom called me. It was a Thursday morning and said, dad's not going to wake up today. He's still breathing. He's waiting for you. And so I grabbed my kids and my partner was at work. He ended up coming later. Um, but I grabbed the kids. We called out of school. I called out of work and we went straight to my mom's house. And we, we sat with him until he was ready to take his last breath. And I think there's something really despite how much like heartbreak you feel, I feel like there's something really intimate and special about seeing somebody who's so important to you, like watching them take their last breath. I am so grateful. I am so grateful Mm. that I got to witness his transition and I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. Um, My baby was combing his hair for the last time and then he took his last few breaths and we were all there with him and Mm. I hope that you know I think that with hospitals and hospice care and all these different things like our western world has made us so far removed from death kind of in the same way we're removed from our food you know it's all like prepackaged and birth let's do an episode about that episode about (laughs) birth Um, it is a good topic it's very spring yeah um and i think that those situations are ones we avoid but I'm so grateful that we were present for it. I'm so glad I got to see his last breath. I would not have wanted it any other way. Um, And I think that by embracing what was happening rather than hiding Mm. from it, we had the opportunity to experience this really beautiful moment that I don't know that everybody gets to experience. No. Um, and you know, it's not always an option, Mm -hmm. but if it is an option, like, and there's something about being present when death is present. Like I, I'm a medium. I work with death. I talk to spirits all the time, but there was something really powerful about witnessing the transition into the afterlife, actually being there during the portal. And I would imagine it's kind of like what it feels like to witness somebody giving birth, Mm -hmm. um, to be there for like this moment that comes for us all, the spirit who comes for us all, felt like an initiation of sorts, a rite of passage. It feels heightened. Mm -hmm. Like when there's a heightened sense of reality where it's just nothing 
it was really interesting because she was old. She she had lung cancer. Mm-hmm. And she was ready. And that dog was just such a beautiful spirit and connected and had probably been here a few go rounds. And to see the way that she told me she was ready was beautiful and made me made me feel like that was the right decision. Yes, of course, I have guilt and I go back and I'm like, what? but the day before and the few days before she died, she would just stare off into the sky. She was seeing shit. Mm-hmm. She was seeing things that she didn't look she was just like, I'm fucking ready. And she just would look at no- at nothing, at seemingly nothing. And that was such a... And it gave me this same kind of feeling that I get when I do magic, when I'm in a heightened sense, a state of being, mm-hmm. meditative states. It was so interesting. So when her death came... It was, I mean, she was, you know, she wasn't super comfy. So it was a relief to just like mm-hmm. uh, relieve her of that burden. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very heightened. Like it's, there's something about it that's not, it's not like, oh, now I'll go to the grocery store. It's like, and it's not just my own emotional state that's heightened. It's like the environment mm-hmm. becomes yeah, and I'm sure you feel that every, probably every day since you're a medium. I'm I'm not a medium, for the record. I'm clairaudient. If any, you're all a short bitch. I mean, I don't... You cons- say so, Laura. I know. I don't consider myself a medium in in business practice or in profession. You're, you're certainly not a professional medium. I'm not a professional medium. But right before we started <laughs> filming, Laura was channeling uh, lighting candles. So. Yeah, I mean, I do I do channel things. I do I do absolutely channel messages and auditory. But in in terms of speaking to the dead in a direct way, yeah. I've never well. I have never practiced that or been super interested in Mm -hmm. that for myself. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't think it's my calling. Yes. But words and this podcast are my calling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, you know, I mean, I would imagine as a medium, you're, you know, you're getting that, those, those different sorts of messages all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, like, the heightened, the intense energy of the space, like, I feel like death, you know, it, it literally is a crossing over. And I feel as though our space around the dying becomes this portal um, in order for mm-hmm. them to transition into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that, like, you physically feel the shift of the energy in the room. And when we think about the spiritual tradition that I'm in, Black is the color of everything. Okay. All of creation. And if I'm thinking about it from that perspective, like death is black, like it's the allness. And no wonder it feels so intense because it is 
every spirit, like every memory, every lifetime. I bet like your pup was looking off and seeing spirits they had connected with in previous lives. Yeah. Um, ancestors. Keep guiding, mm-hmm. beckoning. Yes. Yes. It was and really. And your whole space opened up to those spirits coming through to like call them She home. was very special. Mm-hmm. She would sit outside at night and just want to be outside and just like bask in the moonlight sort of a vibe. She was very special. And what you said yeah. about like, you can't just go to the store afterwards. One, yeah. like it kind of sucks because in this world, eventually we have to, right? We have yeah. to go to the store. <laughs> I wanted to crawl into a hole. Forever. Yes, forever. forever. Yeah, forever. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And... This made me think of two things. The first is like, there's so much grace in grieving in public. And it feels super scary at first, but then all of a sudden you're standing in the frozen food aisle sobbing and somebody just knows. And you get to have this like sad, but really intimate moment of like sharing that you understand what grief is. And I don't know, like, I, I just feel like that's such a, an important part of our human experience. That's brave to be vulnerable enough to, to mm-hmm. let yourself have those feelings. Yeah. 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 And to not shame yourself for having grief. Mm-hmm. I'm still grieving her a year, a happened. year later. Yeah. And, and uh, you mentioned this before we started recording, but like, how do like grief is forever with us. It's mm-hmm. not something that goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's not just, you know, what we're saying. That's like psychology. <laughs> like that's my therapist told me that two days ago. Like it's yep. it's like how do we live with that? And how do we and that's where I'm I'm interested in extracting the lessons of death and fucking barreling into that because that is pro- the only way I can see myself surviving it. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? I don't give a shit. Some people think I'm dumb because it was just my dog or whatever, but those people can fuck off because I believe love is relative and I'm not a person that wants to have uh, human children. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she was my child. And to even allow myself to admit that and m- my therapist to uh, very kindly uh, hold that up and say, you lost a child in your heart. Mm-hmm. You did. And just to have someone say that was very validating mm-hmm. and then allowed me to like not shy away from the grief, which is like the worst thing you can do, I think, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if anyone's ever lost a pet and you felt like garbage, you're not alone mm-hmm. and your love matters and your love is valid. Hmm. so yeah (laughs) this reminds me of the lover's card because the lover's card is one of one of the first i think the hierophant's the first with multiple characters so it's the second card with multiple characters in the major arcana and we have two human beings and we have an angel over the top and depending on what source you're reading it's theorize that the angel is Raphael, who Mm -hmm. is the angel of healing. And 
from my perspective, we get this message of healing sometimes, not always, but there are certain points in your healing that require being witnessed by another human being. Mm. Um, Mm. There are parts of our healing that must be seen by others. And maybe that's part of our duty as stewards of the earth human as human beings that's just to like hold space for one another in our social animals Mm -hmm. so that we can open up to the spirits of healing Mm -hmm. this also makes me think of the death card and the true message behind the death card is which and, we did not pull. Which we did not pull. <laughs> and we knew we weren't going we to pull it. We knew we weren't going to pull because it. Because we're both psychic. Because I'm a psychic. <laughs> that sounds so weird to say. <laughs> when it's true, it's true. When it's true, it's true. But like the death card is a card of transformation, yes. But accepting the transformation. Not Yeah. The tower comes through and it's like you don't really have a choice. Right. The change is being made for you, but death is an invitation. Death knocks and you have to answer and receive right. the call. And in the situation of of loss of a loved one, somebody who's really close to you, a child, a parent, a lover, um I do think we're const- it's it's almost like a minute by minute choice to crawl into a hole, to cry, mm-hmm. to occupy ourselves, to to escape, to escape and also like to numb, to numb. And sometimes I was thinking recently about how my life has changed since my dad passed and it I had this thought of I don't think I could have made these changes if he had stayed alive. Mhm. I don't think I would have been motivated enough or had the necessity to do these things that have brought me to a place that I like being if he were still here. I understand that. Oof. I understand that. Because what like what we were saying before if death can remove fear then anything is possible. If you embrace that. Mhm. I am a more confident fearless person because I saw her die. Mm-hmm. Am, am I some other things? Yeah, I'm working through them. But am I kind of depressed? Yeah, but we're dealing with that, you know? But that's the fact that I'm able to talk about it, like you said, and share through this episode or through talking with you or my husband or whoever, or my therapist because I'm a mercurial being and that's, I'm a Gemini and that is, <laughs> that it, we are both Geminis. Shout out Geminis. <laughs> Gemini season. <laughs> it's Gemini season. Okay. I had to say it once that I was a Gemini. As a Gemini, <laughs> we'll I have probably to- probably say it a few times. <laughs> I have to mention that I'm a Gemini at least one time per podcast. Per episode, yeah. Probably, so. Are you a witch? Do you like cool things for witches made by witches? You're going to want to check out Lady Moon Co. We have pins, apparel, accessories, a lot of things dedicated to our favorite movie, 
practical magic, and even some innovative tools like our traveling spell space, the spell space you can take with you. I digress. Lady Moon Co. has some magic for everybody. We are proud to be a witch-owned business, making you feel seen and represented in or out of the broom closet. Use code BIND for 20% off your order. That's BIND, B-I-N-D. Spirit Garden is for the spiritual seekers, the spellcasters, the conjurers, the tarot lovers, occult enthusiasts, and the magically and mystically inclined. My benevolent spirits and I are here to support you on your spiritual journey through spiritual consultations, mentorships, workshops and classes, and guided trance journeys. You can also join our monthly membership, Moon Shadows, for access to over 50 blog posts, on-demand classes, a living, growing grimoire, original tarot spreads, and access to our private Discord community. At the Spirit Garden, all pantheons are welcome. Use code THIRDEYE for 15% off of your next spiritual consultation. Death comes for all of us, so why be afraid of it? Mm -hmm. And I have less of a fear of it myself. And some may call that morbid, but what is morbidity? What is what is being morbid? What what if what if it's you know like what if it's not a bad such a bad thing sometimes? I think in a culture that rejects aging, the word morbid comes to exist. Yeah. And really I think we're becoming more harmonized with existence and the cycles of existence. Like is it morbid or is it actually very much in alignment with being a member mm-hmm. of planet earth where right. things grow and seed and bloom and die and start all over again f- eternally yeah like that's a lesson and yeah we this western cultures do shy away from death and i wasn't br- i was brought up in an agnostic household mm-hmm. and you know i was a i was a little witch doing my own little witch things on my own self-taught mm-hmm. and observed and but i you know i was never a part of a uh, organized religion or anything like that which is neither here nor there just uh, how it was for me mm-hmm. so, but that i find that really kind of cool that you were in a situation where you were taught to sort of embrace it in a different way than what's normally a custom, I think that's beneficial. Mm. It is. And it's definitely something that I've been trying to share with my children too, Mm -hmm. to normalize that type. I mean, I grew up so with a double life, um, Catholic during the day. And then we were Espiritistas at home. And for Folks who don't know, Espiritismo is a spiritual, a system of spiritual practices that was birthed in the Caribbean. And the particular practice that I am a part of comes from Cuba. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, but Catholicism, <laughs> but Catholicism, Catholicism, the icon, the like <laughs> mascot is dead Jesus. Dead Jesus. With Catholicism. So if we're going morbid. morbid. 
I love Catholicism. Like Catholicism and bones of saints. And they blood lo- of and Christ. Blood of Christ. And body of Cannibalism. Christ. We're going to eat Christ. <laughs> Transfiguration. Turning bread into a body that we're Altered. all going to eat together. Yes, the please. The side wound of Jesus. So like death everywhere all the time. And like also I feel like part of Catholic culture <laughs> is like your grandmother calling and saying who died this week. <laughs> That's part of it too. I want to be Catholic. It's pretty. Not too Late. Like folk Catholicism is pretty fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that's never too late. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> we will. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's pretty dope. But like you know, in Catholicism, it is kind of glorified death yeah. and almost a the sacrifice. Oh, we sacrifice. Yeah. Ooh, that's an episode oh, too. Oh no, shit. Um, We're on a roll. <laughs> We're just full of good ideas. <laughs> um, but in Espiritismo, it's it's less about loss and more about a celebration of the person's transition into the realm of the ancestors. Yeah, which exists for you because mm-hmm. and you were taught that and it, it's your truth. Mm-hmm. I had to like <laughs> piece that little baby together on my own and, and yeah. so I question those things more. I question... Mm-hmm. I constantly question my, my like, do I believe in go in growing up? Mm-hmm. Yes, I believe in those things now because more than if someone says, "How do you believe in that stuff?" It's like I would rather live a life with magic and mystery than a fucking boring ass nothing. Yes, beyond that's baseline my reason. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, but I I am constantly like amazed when those those things are shown to me. Yeah. And I love that. I kind of love that discovery. But anyway, that I have a strong foundation in, in my beliefs and my witchcraft because I, I had to confidently own that for myself. I didn't have anyone else telling. And that's not to say that if you were taught that that is any less, I absolutely do not think that. I think it's really, really amazing mm-hmm. when it's generational and when it's cultural. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I think has been kind of so when I really believe something, it's like, okay, I've it comes from my self-confidence and my understanding of the intuitive world and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, death was not one of those things that was like (laughs) talked about. I mean, for instance, my mom, I remember my hamster died when I was in third grade while I was at school. And she had it buried and had a cute little cross with its name on it by the time I got home. She took care of it for me. She mm. burdened that for me. It was hidden from the 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 pain of death was sort of hidden from me to protect me, which is a wonderful gesture. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, it sort of did not prime me for see seeing my dead hamster and saying, Joey's, it was named Joey because like a little baby kangaroo. <laughs> Joey's dead. Here's his body. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something to something to be said about uh, kids that are able to, um, it, it, you know, see that mm-hmm. and to maybe they get a little weird. My, my niece, my niece's hamster died. In comparison, my niece's hamster died. And this little girl fucking FaceTimed me with it in her hand and went, it died. <laughs> Look at it. Taxidermy. And I was it. like, I was like, Gianna, 
what the fuck i told her mom she's like yeah she's just i was like that's really cool that she maybe she thought it was funny but at least she was like you know she was able to witness that yeah and process her grief yeah and so even if it's in a weird childlike way like that's kind of that's kind of cool yeah yeah Mm, this is funny it's reminding me of (laughs) recently my neighbor knocked on my door and was like I just wanted to let you know um that there's like a dead cat behind your house and I just think it might be traumatic for the kids to see and I don't want them to like stumble upon that and I was like thank you and I went inside and I realized like my kids would probably, I'd have to tell them that they can't keep it. Like, we can't taxidermy <laughs> it. You can't have the bones. We can't boil it. We can't boil it. Oh, we can okay. say, we can do a little ceremony for their passing, but you can't have it. <laughs> but can't have I've it. tried to make death really normal around my children. Like, we are constantly observing nature. Mm-hmm. And whether it's our plants are falling out of season and withering and going through their cycle, or it's watching the birds. We literally saw a hawk scoop up a squirrel and eat it. Oh, shit. That's right. I know, right? It was very <laughs> like rad. National Geographic to IRL. <laughs> it was cool, but it's also just a part of life. It Things is. die. Yeah. People die. Mm-hmm. Plants die. And... I want them to feel you're never prepared for when it happens to you in an intimate way, but I don't want them to feel lost, I guess. Yeah. I think that when we don't talk about grief at all, we don't talk about dying at all. That's when it really hits us hard Mm. because we've never had the tools to figure out how to move through our grief, Mm -hmm. how to exist in communion with our grief if what I'm getting right now is as it's it's I'm getting and that's what dark work that's what shadow work is mm-hmm. or that's what and that's there and that's why people shy away from that mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother topic also yeah. but but it's like that's a part of that work mm-hmm. is facing those things yes Yes. What do you say? I accept the message. I accept. I receive. I receive. I receive. receive. (laughs) And that's a part. And that's a part of it Mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) it is. It's an it's an ugly truth. It's yeah. And then it's like, okay, people die. They're no longer here. Mm hmm. But there's somewhere. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, a, there's too many experiences that I've had that the humanity has had for me to believe that there's nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's no way. And I'm okay admitting that. Yeah. I'm all a witch and I'm like, I believe in the afterlife. <laughs> what an amazing concept. Like, it's, <laughs> But that's, that's mm-hmm. the world. That's the, you know, it's a skeptic world and that's what I was brought up with. And so for me to even have those thoughts and that's just vulnerability and that's a whole nother topic and I'm getting a little off topic, but, but just being able to express that's like step one, I think is being able to express your thoughts on death or your thoughts Mm. on the afterlife and in a way where you can be accepted, it can be accepted and maybe it's not just pulled apart immediately. Mm -hmm by the norm you know it's 
it's hard to do that for me. And for, I'm sure for a lot of other people, mm-hmm. um, when you're taught that you're too emotional, you're too weird, or that's weird, or that's not, it's like, what is weird? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's weird not to think that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you can think whatever you want. It's not about being right or wrong. It's just about being able to express what you believe is true or what you experience. Being honest with yourself. Being honest with yourself. I think that's the first step in even thinking about death as something other than mm-hmm. what it's perceived to be, you know? Yeah. Which is what? Like an ending? An ending, a finale, a final stage, mm-hmm. a, neg- a negative thing. Yeah. It's like, how do we... Ref- it's very hard, and it's not like ever going to be totally possible but for someone that's grieving like how do you reframe death to extract some sort of positivity or some sort of lesson you know I think that sometimes we don't need to find lessons in our suffering right I think that suffering is sometimes a part of life and like okay when we think about mercury and binaries um one thing cannot exist without the other and it doesn't mean that there isn't a liminal space where they intersect or expand or don't apply at all but without suffering can we truly understand and witness joy and Mm -hmm. even if we lived in like a perfect world a communal world, an equitable world where there's no money and no jobs. Like we're all just fulfilling our purposes and caring for one another and caring for the planet. People will still die. Our animals will still die. Sometimes our plants are going to die. And Mm. even in that perfect world, we would have to move through the suffering of grief. Um, I don't know that there's always a lesson to it. But we are changed forever by it. Right. And embracing our new self, our reborn self. We're reborn at someone's death. Like how magical is that? That that we are rebirthed through someone else's death. That Um, is alchemy. That is alchemy (laughs) in action. That is alchemy in action. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. And yeah, and searching for a lesson is a very human thing. Totally. We need to find reasons. (laughs) We need to find reasons Mm -hmm. why so that we can file them away and be Mm -hmm. be all right. But the very act of of suffering, it brings, the the perspective that it brings Mm -hmm. is not, it requires no effort. Mm -hmm. You're right. It's it's just a- Just expression. A different experience and an expression. And that's, and that's nice when people say to you, you know, you can feel however you want to feel mm-hmm. and it goes up and down and around and it lasts forever. I think I think what I'm trying to f- mm-hmm. find myself or to reiterate or to uh, imbue in myself for the long term is how, not to like, how can I find a reason, but like, how can I... Um, keep it from being harmful to I don't know how to explain it like harmful to 
my way of my way of life because mm. we are human. Mm-hmm. I basically just want to be like a fairy and like frick fuck everything. <laughs> like that's it. Like fuck everything, but also literally maybe fuck everything. I don't know. Fairies, <laughs> that's very fairy orgies. I don't know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I I I'm grief makes me feel like being human is a burden. In general, mm. that's how I feel. <laughs> But in the irony, I think in that is be in in seeking to be ethereal, which I I don't know is like possible for me, like as a human, like there's got to be a but for finding for embracing the ethereal, I think is suffering, like is embracing the suffering. Does that make sense? It's kind of a weird way to say it, but it's like it's like not fighting it. Mm-hmm. the surrender this yeah surrendering to it but then there's also a balance of like how does this not become completely detrimental to my mental health absolutely and that's the that's the rub i think yeah. for for me at least and and think people thinking about death it's mm-hmm. like how do i live with this and i think a part of it as a human is finding its purpose mm-hmm but not analyzing it to death. Yeah. No like, pun intended. <laughs> like finding a channel to express it through. Yeah. Whether it's crying or creating or screaming or taking really long baths, anchoring into your spiritual practices, anchoring mm-hmm. into, you know, nourishing yourself. And sometimes these things are hard to do, especially when we're grieving. But when we're able to do them just a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little bit here, a little bit there, it helps us bring us back to our center. And yes, like find purpose in our suffering, find purpose in our sorrows. An output. Yeah. When you think about like all of the art that comes from grief and loss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's as natural as, Mm. you know, puberty and mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean art is love. pain right art comes from pain it can it can it also comes from pleasure it does and isn't that interesting it's delicious and these are things that are at least from what i've been channeling from the spirits lately like pain and pleasure are like part of humanity part mm-hmm. of being of the flesh and it is something that quite frankly, the spirits say they envy, envy about us because they're so far removed from their vessels. Like, yes, they might not experience pain the same way we do, but they also don't experience pleasure right. the same way we do. Like that is one of the gifts of being born on the garden planet mm. is pleasure. So in a way, death is a privilege yeah. of humanity. If you think about it like that, the life cycle is holy. It is. The life cycle that we experience and the and the cycles of the earth that we witness are holy mm-hmm. and are and death is a part of that. Mm-hmm. And that's I think more of what we should be taught or Yes. Because oh there are plenty of cultures that do. Mm-hmm. You know, but not, not here in America, not Western cultures. <laughs> and that's a disservice. Mm-hmm. It is a disservice to 
kids and adults and people and just living because we're it's it's such a dreaded thing and and this brings it full circle i've found i'm fearless because i've experienced death and again i will say it again so i've gone back around it's like yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting to me how much that i'm not afraid to die but not in a creepy way like in a i would like to live Mm -hmm. but i'm also accepting of that i feel like not being afraid to die makes us more open to really living Mm -hmm. like taking risks on ourselves taking risks on what brings us pleasure what brings us excitement inspiration passion so like a healthy like lack of fear about death Mm -hmm. i think is essential to being brave enough to live Mm -hmm. and of course there's always like extremes right there's always extremes and we're forever trying to find the balance so that nothing takes over our mind and our experience too much but you know the ball's always moving it's not like one target that we're trying to hit it's who are we right now and what supports us right now in this moment and being open for when that has to change again Mm -hmm. and again and again and that leaves you (laughs) open to changes that you like positive changes too that you may Mm -hmm. not be willing to accept Mm -hmm. or to it gives you perspective and it gives me confidence because if i'm dealing with some bullshit with my business that i i'm not as sensitive to it because i'm like well i went through that i lost you know like her losses it's like a it's a kind of a morbid way again a morbid way to think about it but it's like i don't really give a shit because i lost my baby Mm -hmm. so i can handle this Mm mm-hmm and it's a little bit of a guarded thought, but it's, that's just me, you know. But that works for me. But Well, and I don't think it's that dissimilar from the way I feel about, like, birthing a human. Mm. Like, I did that. I right. can do anything. And yeah. I don't feel like there's a difference between those two. Exp- I mean, yeah. obviously, there yeah, is yeah. A di- they're physically different, right? But, like, it's I don't extreme, I think that extreme. energy, that yeah, energy that. is the same of, mm-hmm. like, I've already done the biggest thing yeah. I could do. Yeah. And I'm still here. So I can literally do anything. And it's something a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Is Everyone is birthed. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow we get here. We get here. <laughs> and some of us give birth. But everybody dies. Everybody dies. <laughs> There's no exceptions. No, no matter exceptions. how badly you want so to be cryogenically frozen. I know. It's just not. So why? And, that, and that's cool. It's cool. If si- there's Science is magic. Totally. And if, and if al- you know, modern alchemy and magicians want to push those boundaries, mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting too. I know. But then the, what does that mean for the afterlife and like the realm I don't of ancestors? Know. I don't right? know. If we all just stop reincarnating, do we <laughs> stop becoming we better people? Yeah, like what? Yeah, probably. Right? I don't know. It's, it's a there's no reason to become a better human if you know you're never going to die. I, I want to die. <laughs> Me too. I can't, I can't do this shit forever. I want to die. I'm not one of those people that's no. like, I want to live forever. I definitely don't. No. <laughs> like, I know I don't want to die right now. I don't want to die now. I know that everybody will be okay if I do. Maybe I don't like, want to die now. Give me like 80, 85. I'm good. I'd like to have gray hair. I'd like to experience more <laughs> of this 
wonderful life that we get to have. Me too. Even though it's crazy. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Hopefully that made sense. It does. You know, when I, I talk to the dead. (laughs) You're all I talk to. (laughs) When I talk to the dead. um, I literally talk. But when, what often comes up, well, so many different things come up, but something that does come up is, oh, the afterlife. Right. So. I want to be a good ancestor. Hmm. I don't always want to be trapped within the limits of my physical flesh. The meat sack. Yeah. Technical term. There are limits to it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be a good ancestor. But also, like, what if I still have a few more lifetimes ahead of me and they're fucking radical? Like, Oh, yeah. But everything exists all at once. So am I an ancestor and dead and alive all at the same time? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe the the auditory thoughts I get are from myself as an ancestor mm-hmm. in another plane. Right? Doesn't that blow your mind sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> How fun. It blows my mind in the best way. Wow. And then it makes death not so scary. You know, like, what if I get to come back and be a fucking lap dog? I want to be a dog so It'd bad. Be the best, cute collars. I just want to be an animal. Nice, fresh meals, water. I don't want to have. I don't want to have thoughts. I don't want money to be a thing for me. Right. I don't want any of that. I just want eat, sleep, fuck, reproduce, mm-hmm. like, nap, nap. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <laughs> you know, live two years and then get hit by a car or something. Like a squirrel. <laughs> Not a dog, like a squirrel. Like a or a snake. Or like I don't know. Just something yes. something a just bee. simple. A simple I'd love kind to of be life. A bee. I wanna be a squirrel. Mm-hmm. They're so floofy. They're so floofy. <laughs> what is our what's our next segment? Spirit candy. Now it's time for Spirit Candy, our segment where we share messages from our spirits. We are both channelers of messages, so we thought it'd be fun to share some of those with our audience. Little delicious morsels and bites of spirit for you. Spirit Candy. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, so this particular message I channeled from the spirit Ashura, and what she had to say was, the earth has asked you to be here. She has called out to you by name, to arise from the ashes, to break from the heavens and share your lights, your gifts here on the garden planet. Chosen, chosen by your mother, the earth, born with her magic and your own. How beautiful, this love, this life. Do not disregard your gifts. The earth needs you, especially you, authentically as you are. We love you. Aw, that's so nice. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. Mm. Sweet like candy. It reminds me of... I want to eat some. 
I'll you know, are you mentioned that death, your acceptance of death, your relationship with death now has made you more fearless. And I kind of feel like that message is about being fearless enough to live as you are. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That's a nice message for everyone to hear everyone mm. needs to hear that it's really for ev- it really is Truly. for everyone and uh, if you, you were find born that the message the message the messages that you get tend to be for the masses like for a lot of people because mm. i do yeah like it's always like tell them this yeah for me it's like you need to say this yeah out loud to people because you have Mm-hmm. the ability to do that to do it yes that's part of being born a child of mercury like it's literally our job what we were designed to do mm-hmm. well and we were all designed to do different things and we were all mm-hmm. designed to do different things well thank you spirit i forgot yes, the name of your thank spirit you. ashura thank you do you get the name of your spirits i always ask mm. i don't ask mm-hmm. they're all just a big Blank. I'm working yeah. on it, but I never get like names. They just go. Oh, okay, yeah. Bye. We all channel differently. They go. Hey, bleh, bleh, and get pizza. That's <laughs> kind of the vibe. Okay, so <sighs> mine a lot of the time have to do with they're frustrated also with social media and and the way that people are arguing and fighting there's a lot of negative space in this in the witch community online Mm. and within each other within the way that people i don't want to say with the way that people are teaching because i'm grateful that there are teachers Mm -hmm. but when they're not do they're doing it with a a selfish air and a selfish it's a slippery slope between like teacher and cult leader yes (laughs) and self-indulgence i I don't like that i don't I don't, I'm mm-hmm. not into that when they're leading with ego, but, uh, okay, this kind of relates to what, there's a message that says, it's more than manifesting, it is honoring and connecting something outside yourself, being grateful for the world, mm. in in reference to practicing. It's more than just taking. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting and honoring to what's around you and being grateful for it rather Mm -hmm. than just manifesting Mm -hmm. i'm gonna manifest this for myself it's like okay but are you connected like are you actually connected to your to the source that what is your relationship to the source that will aid you in in manifesting Mm -hmm. these things it doesn't come from nowhere it doesn't come from nowhere and what you put out matters deeply Mm-hmm. to what you get mm. i believe so i believe that's that's what that was about that's kind of a short one i'll do i'll do one more because mine are cons- kind of short because like ultimately isn't that what witchcraft is yeah you know like honoring the planet honoring the cosmos and like choosing to intentionally be a part of it a mm. part of the rhythm and the cycles like that's mm-hmm. yeah that's magical i think that gets lost when and distorted a lot because mm-hmm. we're all focused on like aesthetic oh <laughs> pause for this next message fostering a connection that's more than aesthetically based mm-hmm. they scream that in my ear mm-hmm. constantly mm-hmm. and that's just that just means uh, honoring and cultivating a connection that isn't aesthetically based that it's it's not it's not just 
showing pictures of your altar, which is fine if that's what you want to do. It's it's just because you post photos of and wear black and and do all the things you think a witch is supposed to do doesn't mean that it I won't say it doesn't mean that you aren't a witch because mm-hmm. I don't judge people by I don't judge if you if you want to be that then you're that. But I would challenge a person to really for their own benefit look at it and say am I actually connected again or mm-hmm. is it just my Instagram feed? Mm. Because like being a witch <laughs> is actively choosing counterculture. It is actively choosing to be a part of the liminal spaces, to be ostracized by society. So if you're doing it to fit in, that doesn't make sense it doesn't to what make witchcraft sense. is about. No. You're not and supposed to do it to fit in. You do it to accept yourself. That's that's the problem that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. More on that in another episode. Delicious. 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 Candy. A little bit sour, a little bit sweet. Delicious candy. Our favorite kind. Taking candy from witches is my favorite thing to do. Trick or treat, witches. Trick or treat. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the very first episode of Third Eye Bind. Yes, be sure to give us a call on the Third Eye Line. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow the podcast at Third Eye Bind Pod on Instagram. There, submit your questions via the Third Eye Line by sending us a voice message or text DM. The show is available wherever you listen to podcasts and for you to watch on YouTube. Get early access to episodes and even monthly one-on-one sessions with us by joining our Patreon. Find us at patreon.com slash third eye bind. Third Eye Bind is produced and edited by Mike Realm. Hosted by Caitlin Grania and Laura Wong. Music by Mike Realm. Set design by Laura Wong. You can find Laura on Instagram at Lady Moon Co. And you can find Caitlin on Instagram at Spirit Garden Tarot.